Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Today's Issues on the American Family Radio Network. Thank you for listening to AFR. Today's Thursday, March the 2nd. Joining me in studio is Ed Vitagliano. Good morning, Ed. Top of the morning to you. Got the Italian-Irish thing going on there. <laughs> um, Christopher Woodward. Good morning. And Ray Pritchard's in KC. Hey, how you doing, Tim? Doing well. Um, weather report from Kansas City today is? It's, it's 32 degrees or 31 degrees. We're, we're going to get some snow tomorrow. Mm. I'm against it again. Yeah, Tim. Tim would love that here. Oh man! I, again, I, for those who want to join, I've, I've formed a hate group <laughs> and uh, having to do with winter. The SBLC so, already thought you were. Put me on a hate group. group. Well, I got a second one. Yeah. Uh, you know, I got a second. You, you get so much hate. <laughs> I got so much hate. <laughs> I got to put it somewhere. I put it in organizing a group. So, the hate cold weather. <laughs> hate cold weather. Yeah. Hate you, cold weather. You, that. That you'd probably get millions of people to join that <laughs> Well, sixty-two in light rain here in Tupelo. Hey, that's pretty nice. Pretty yeah, nice. we'll take it over ice and, and listen. Yeah. Speak for yourself. Rain eleven billion inches. Last <laughs> What'd you say, Ray? I just look. We ought to make it illegal to have snow in March. You know, yeah. January, February, we can live with, but it's going too far to have it yeah. in March. I wanted to warn Tim here about even mentioning the words hate group. Uh, we might get swatted by the Department of Justice. Well, true, and we're going to be talking about that in a few minutes. Here, uh, all right. Thank you for joining us, Ed. You want to tell folks how they, how they can join us on what you affectionately call that there internet? Oh yeah, I love that there internet, uh, folks. If you want to watch this program, there are two ways you can do that. You can go to Facebook. You can search for today's issues. Of course, that's the name of this program. Click through. And we do have a live video stream of the program. Or you can go to our streaming platform, streaming.afa.net. Streaming.afa.net. It's very easy to sign up to get a lot of programming and uh, watch a lot of our programs uh, live. on the- And on our Facebook page for today's issues, we post the stories Yes, that we discuss. So people can have access to the same information we use for our show prep meeting. Now, we were banned, permanently banned from YouTube for saying things now that the world is starting to admit were true. Right. All those conspiracy theories. (laughs) That's right. Well, we've run out of them because they've all come to pass. Um, all right, leading the news, Christopher. Yes, uh, Mississippi's governor, as well as the Speaker of the House, are standing by a new law uh, called the Regulate Experimental Adolescent Procedures, or REAP Act, also known as House Bill 1125. This is a bill, like a lot of states, uh, that would ban the gender manipulation of minors, so 17 and under, in the state of Mississippi. It would also strip doctors who provide this care of their medical license should they do this and violate the uh, new law that Governor Reeves signed into uh, law uh, a couple of days ago in Jackson. I've got uh, several bits of audio here. Um, Let's do this one uh, so we make sure to get it in. It's Governor Tate Reeves at Tuesday's bill signing for HB 1125. Clip 5. At the end of the day... There are only two positions here. One tells children that they're beautiful just the way that they are. 
that they can find happiness in their own bodies. The other tells them that they should take drugs and cut themselves up with expensive and experimental procedures in order to find freedom from depression. I know which side I'm on. No child in Mississippi will have these drugs or surgeries pushed upon them. This stops today. Um, well, good for Mississippi for passing this law. There are other states you say that are uh, considering the same thing or have done the same thing? A few have gone this far, uh, South Dakota being one of them, Alabama, Arkansas, and I believe Utah. But some are uh, moving in this direction. Uh, we'll probably be sued. I know Alabama has been uh, sued over this. ADF or Alliance Defending Freedom is representing them. But states are moving in this Bottom direction. line, Ed and Ray, get you to comment first, Ray, and then Ed. Bottom line is the state of Mississippi has said uh, for minors uh, in this state that would be uh, under 18, <clears throat> you can't not you can't do surgeries on them to uh, alter, alter their body sexually, and that's pe- period at the end of that. Go ahead. Look, it's a law against child mutilation. Yeah, mm-hmm. because that's what these doctors are doing around the country. The doctors, the nurses, the and the, the politicians who are pushing behind it in the name of quote freedom. At children as young as six, seven, eight, nine years old, they're being encouraged to, uh, if they have questions, and kids have questions all the time, they're being pushed and manipulated into life-altering surgery, life-altering um, mutilation. Well, thank God that Mississippi has taken a stand. Yeah, sure, it's going to be challenged in court, but uh, I have a feeling, guys, that this is one law that when it finally makes its way up to the Supreme Court, I think this is going to be upheld. You know, I was watching a um, Joe Rogan podcast. You guys have heard heard of Joe Rogan. He was interviewing uh, Dr. Jordan Peterson. I'm sure you all are familiar with uh, Dr. Mm-hmm. Peterson as well. And uh, Dr. Peterson said, because uh, he's studied all this, all the studies, all the available information on this transgender movement, he said the studies – and the science, the actual science, make clear that all the young people, uh, when you take all the young people who are confused about their gender, he said if you leave them alone, 90% of them by ages 18 and 19 accept their bodies the way they are and deal with whatever discomfort they might have, mm-hmm. but they, they, uh, they accept their, the gender they were born with. And when I heard him say that last night, a little YouTube video about this this uh, podcast, I thought, uh, what a tragedy for the vast majority of these young people who are encouraged by counselors at school who are not scientists, who aren't psychologists, aren't medical people, who are encouraged by their parents, who are encouraged by the culture, who are encouraged by Companies like Disney who are encouraged by medical professionals to get this life-altering, as Ray said, I absolutely agree, body mutilating surgery. And then at ages 18 and 19, they start to regret it. Mm-hmm. What what a tragedy. I hope this hysteria uh, ends soon because there's no telling the toll of suffering that's going to be foisted upon these Poor young people who look to adults to to actually tell them the truth rather than push an ideology. 
To your point here, uh, AFA play, AFA Action played a big role in helping get this uh, bill through the House and the Senate uh, under the governor's desk. Uh, AFA's own Miki Addison uh, was one of the people that spoke about this for uh, weeks, really. Uh, and I've got some audio of Miki speaking to a gathering in Jackson earlier this year, I think it was in January, uh, about kids not knowing the consequences of procedures to change their gender. Clip seven. And I want you to think about this. We say that a two-year-old can pick his gender. We say that a 14-year-old can pick her gender. These are the same children who set themselves on fire in the name of a challenge. These are the same kids who jump out of moving vehicles to dance real quick in the name of a challenge. These are the same kids who literally fall to their deaths to get the perfect selfie. And why do they do that? Because they're kids. Because we know socially, emotionally, we know this based on scientific data that they lack the mental ability to fully process and comprehend the reactions that are the result of their choices. Uh, of course, that day they had their meeting in a well. Yes. <laughs> she, yeah, it was, it was a large auditorium. It was a large well, but a uh, well nonetheless. Well, you know you know what? To, to Mickey's point, and, and there, well, the audio wasn't the best, um, and Mickey's a fantastic speaker. If you ever, folks, if you ever get a chance to hear her, she comes to your neck of the woods. You should. She is dynamic. But we don't even let kids under eighteen get tattoos, right? Yeah, that's without what, parental permission. The governor uh, and Speaker ha- Gunn have said yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, the House Speaker uh, of Mississippi, Philip Gunn, he made that point too. Mm-hmm. I think he was on this morning with Jenna. Or Jenna played his clip. He was yes. And I'm going to actual. I'll do you guys a solid, better audio quality. I'll I'll share a podcast here in a second of Mickey and Will Addison talking to Speaker Gunn, and I'll do um, Jenna's show as well. Well, you do us a solid. I like that. Like now, you're going to do that now. I'm going to share the link on our Facebook page. Okay, good because. Uh, got other topics we need to get to but yeah afa did play a part of course mississippi's our home state and uh and our thanks to the uh speaker of the house philip gunn and our thanks to governor reeves and others who deserve right. credit for this and uh an excellent law passed in uh, the magnolia state and again hopefully that will be duplicated in other states across the country. Next story, Chris. Well, uh, this could very well have been a lead. In fact, a lot of people are um, leading with it today on television news channels. Um, Senators Josh Hawley and Ted Cruz absolutely um, (laughs) bashed, hammered, insert adjective here, uh, Attorney General Merrick Garland yesterday over the Biden DOJ's treatment of Catholics and uh, pro-lifers, Various things here doing with people of faith and uh, pro-life efforts uh, across the country. I've got a lot of audio here, um, but let's do this because it's it's Senator Josh Hawley just absolutely hammering uh, the attorney general. Clip one. Do you think in your opinion you are the attorney general of the United States? You are in charge of the Justice Department. And yes, sir, you are responsible. So give me an answer. The FBI does not agree with your description. I'm not asking about the FBI. You are the attorney general. Give me your answer. Do you think that it was objectively reasonable and they followed your guidelines in sending 20 to 30 armed agents to terrorize these people? Yes or no? The facts I have, which are those presented by the FBI, are not consistent with your description. So you think it was reasonable? I'm saying the facts are not as you describe. 
What that the children weren't there? That there wasn't that there weren't long guns there? That That's, there weren't agents? What wasn't? We, what what do you dispute? To, What's the factual? We need to tell. Yes. This. Uh, my apologies. I felt that's on me. Uh, the big subject was the FBI's treatment of pro-lifer Mark Houck, the guy in Pennsylvania that basically just government troopers stormed his property. We, we covered that story, and, yes. and, and and that got and that was that was atrocious. What happened? You, Ed, you want to give a one-minute description? Yeah, well, we had Mark Houck on the program several weeks back. So Mark Houck is a pro-life. Uh, he's he's Catholic. He is. Uh, uh, he goes to Philadelphia to two different Planned Parenthood clinics, uh, I think weekly. And all he does is at the corner of the block where the Planned Parenthood uh, murder mill is located, he will pray for the women who are going in. I think there are times when he has tried to encourage them not to get an abortion. Well, one of the escorts for the clinic, those are individuals uh, they wear vests. They escort the woman from the car into Planned Parenthood, walked down the block to where Mark Houck's son, 12-year-old son, was standing and began to berate him. Mark Houck felt like he was too close. He was threatening his son. He told him to leave. The, the escort would not. Mark Houck shoved him. Mm-hmm. This individual, this escort, sued Mark Houck. It got thrown out of court. No charges were filed locally, and that was that was the end of it until the FBI raided Mark Houck's house. I think this was back in September. And that's what Josh Holly was talking yes. about. He's asking the Attorney General, Merrick Garland, he is asking why this happened. Did you approve of their tactics? Uh, I think we do have uh, at least some description yes. of what happened that morning in terms – because Mark Houck and his wife, they have seven children mm-hmm. – and these FBI thugs stormed it. I mean, riot gear, shields, I think some of them had. Yes. Uh, what are commonly referred to as assault weapons, they're long guns, took the guy out of his house in chains, all because they wanted to send a message. That's my opinion. The FBI and the Department of Justice wanted to send a message mm-hmm. to pro lifers all over the country. In the aftermath of the overturn of Roe, it was outrageous. Yeah. It was, and, and good for Governor uh, for Senator Holly mm-hmm. of Missouri yesterday for confronting uh, the Attorney General on this, uh, as did Senator Ted Cruz. But I, uh, the response from was there anything else that uh, the Attorney General said that gave a defense for this? No, he just basically kind of hem hawed. Well, he it, said, it, it, excuse me, mm-hmm. for interrupting, but he did say no, no, Senator Holly didn't happen like you said it did. Yeah. But there was no – and Senator Hawley went on to say, what? What about the story is, that I've described is untrue? And, mm-hmm. and the attorney general, all he said was, no, it didn't happen like that. And basically – Right. Uh, right. Now, do, do we have uh, Senator Hawley ex, uh, quoting we do. Mrs. Houck? Yes. And, again, my apologies to you guys and the show and, and our audience because I failed to set up the, the yeah, previous fight correctly. No, that's okay. We all fail some somewhere. I'll sometime. pick up your dry cleaning but, but later I, today. That's okay. Okay. <laughs> but I, I do want to say this: um, this is this whole this particular mm-hmm. hearing yesterday, and this story is is the backdrop is the weaponization of the federal government against Americans, particularly conservatives and Christians. And there is example after example of this. This is just one. And and uh, if we didn't have people like Senator Cruz and Senator Hawley to 
go to the defense of of American citizens over this in like this example we just said mm. we I mean it would be they would be running roughshod by they I mean not all you know I'm talking about the Justice Department slash the FBI there are other a- agencies uh, I'm not indicting the whole FBI here obviously but the, the 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 people responsible for for going and doing this kind of a raid absolutely they're that that's that's terrible so what do you have what are you about to play now yeah um in addition to what we've already aired i've got senator josh holly sharing testimony of that day uh from mark Houck's wife clip two said repeatedly the children were screaming they feared for their lives You've got these agents demanding that he come out. They've got the gun, she said, pointing at the house and at them. He has offered to turn himself in. And this is who you go to terrorize. Yeah, now, when he says offered to turn himself in, that was prior to the raid. It was, yes. His, his attorney, once, once, Peter Breen. once they were mm-hmm. contact, once the Hauk family and the, his attorney were, were contacted by the Department of Justice... His attorney offered to – he said, my client will turn himself in. Right. That wasn't good enough because they were trying to send a message mm-hmm. uh, right. to the pro-life right. community. Yeah. So they stormed the house. And by the way, if, if I'm, I'm not mistaken here, in January, wasn't Mark Houck's case thrown out? I mean, a, a jury deliberated, what, like one hour? Yeah. It was, it was quick. Uh, and that was really after, you know, this lengthy process here. But he did win. Listen, even if he did it. Even if he pushed the guy and shoved yes. the guy, the the Planned Parenthood escort, mm-hmm. it doesn't it doesn't rise to the level of the FBI raiding a guy's house, right. and terrorizing his family. Now he was arrested under the Face Act, mm-hmm. which is the Freedom of Entr- Freedom of Access to Ent- Clinic Entrances Correct. Act, mm-hmm. which okay. does that not right. cover escort. Right. right. That, that was the point I was going to make, is that was originally passed and signed into law, I think, by uh, Bill Clinton, because there were pro-life activists who, I think, would chain themselves to the front doors of these clinics and not let anybody go in and out. All right. Mm-hmm. So Congress passed, Clinton signed the FACE Act into law for that. Right. And, and it is... Uh, it is f- to cover the women going into the abortion clinics and the people who work there. Okay. Now, as despicable as that whole process is, the law does not cover the escorts who uh, escort the women in to get their abortions. So even even under the FACE Act, and, I, and we do need to get Ray. I almost forgot about Ray. He's in Even, Kansas City. It's uh, 32 <laughs> degrees. It's cold up here. Even under the FACE Act, the Justice Department had no right to arrest this guy. I'm sorry, Ray. We're, we're all fired up over this. Well, well, we should be fired up because you have Merrick Garland unwilling to face the truth about what happened. These FBI agents were turned into stormtroopers attacking the home of an American citizen unjustly charged who had been the case against him had been dismissed, who had offered his lawyer had offered to have him voluntarily come in. There was no reason except for political theater and to to intimidate other pro-lifers against demonstrating. So there's no rational reason for what the FBI did. That's why Merrick Garland was just stuttering before Congress and wouldn't answer the question. Now, 
Within the Justice Department, you have the Attorney General's office. That's a cabinet-level position, answering to the president. And then also you have the Federal Bureau of Investigation, the FBI, who executes Mm -hmm. often the uh, uh, commands, if you will, or the the, uh, uh, whatever you want to say, of the Attorney General. Mm -hmm. Now, FBI Director Ray, W-R-A-Y, what's his first name? Christopher. Christopher Ray. It's a good name. He was on. He did he testify or was he on with Brett Baer or both? He was on with Brett Baer on Fox News. Mm-hmm. Okay, he was appointed by uh, President Trump. Ray was, but right. uh, was that subsequent to the firing of Comey? I think that's right. So Trump appoints Ray, and yet Ray has been over the FBI since the Twitter files. We, we don't have time to talk about that much. That's the collaboration between Twitter and the FBI to affect the election. Did I accurately uh, yeah. describe that? Yeah. Basically? Okay, that's what was discovered in emails after Elon Musk bought Twitter. But has did, did Director Ray, FBI Director Ray, has he responded to, to the same story that we're talking about with his family in Pennsylvania, Mark Houck? Let me. Uh, that's okay. Back I, mean, I think. I think. I think what's what's happening here, and we saw that, and we heard that in the confrontation between Josh Hawley uh, and Merrick Garland. By the way, quick, quick uh, statement here. I'm not a huge Mitch McConnell fan. I saw this in a comment under one of the stories on this uh, confrontation before the Senate Judiciary Committee yesterday, uh, and the commenter made a, an excellent point. I'm not a big Mitch McConnell fan, but he stopped Merrick Garland and the hearings that would probably would have put Merrick Garland on the Supreme Court as a Supreme Court justice. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, he, here's what Merrick Garland was doing, and I think the same thing is going to be happening with Christopher Ray, is that they're all passing the buck. So Christopher Ray's defense is, and this is kind of what Merrick Garland was saying, uh, is, uh, listen, we don't interfere with local – so. If Philadelphia, if the local FBI office thinks it's necessary to, to do this in, in arresting Mark Houck, that's on them. It's like nobody's in charge. Nobody will say uh, – uh, I mean, what you know, Merrick Garden could have said was, you, you know right, uh, You know what, Senator Hawley? This was terrible. And, and my office, uh, we're going we're gonna to discuss this with the Philadelphia office. And make sure this kind of thing doesn't happen doesn't again. Doesn't happen again. How hard is that? Yeah. Instead, he said, I disagree with the way you have characterized the, the events of that morning and then refused to answer, well, in what way do you disagree? He might as well have said, I disagree that the sun's hot. Yeah. Huh? I mean, that was a ridiculous answer. Right. And but it's, it's part of the fact that, that nobody at the Justice Department seems to be taking responsibility for the weaponization of that department. Yeah. This is a pattern of behavior within the Biden administration. From Biden himself to Kamala Harris to Corrine Jean-Pierre, now Merrick Garland, they'll just look at you and say, uh, you know, rain's not wet. I mean, and I, you know, I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, they're just, it's, it's a, they don't even, they won't even, uh, yesterday, Corrine Jean-Pierre is being asked uh, about, uh, what, what was the topic? She was being asked. Student loan bailout? What, huh? Court. Yeah, and she just she'll just say whatever she wants to, and if you say, well, the facts are, she says she just she just pull something else out. Yeah, it's um, 
again, a pattern of beha- uh, behavior on uh, a lot of these officials at the uh, Biden administration. All right, uh, we're going to take a short time out. Jan Markell will be along in a few minutes. Uh, Tim Wildman, Ed Vitaliano, Christopher Woodward, uh, or Chris, and Ray Pritchard uh, with you today on the program Today's Issues. But we need a change, folks, at the White House is what we need. Uh, that election's coming up a year from November. We'll be back in a minute. The AFA Resource Center has all your favorite items. Everything from books, movies, shirts, and even hats. Introducing AFA's polyester and twill hats, starting at just $18. Whether you're into fashion, a collector, or you're just having a bad hair day, these hats are just what you need. You can buy one for yourself or a friend. Purchase your AFA hat today at resources.afa.net. My father, your great-grandfather, fought in World War II. Really? He was a gunner on the big ship out in the Pacific Ocean. Wow. Your great-grandmother did her part, too. Was she on a ship? Oh, no. She stayed back home. She and a lot of her friends worked really hard in a factory because the men had gone off to war. And they held scrap metal drives to help in the war effort. The folks back home were heroes, too. Here at the American Family Association, we consider you the heroes back home. As you fulfill your responsibility of caring for your family day to day, your partnership with us is crucial as we fight the enemies of freedom in America. Thank you for your commitment to the American Family Association. Grandpa, what's a scrap metal drive? (laughs) Let's get some cookies and I'll tell you all about it. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes. Stand by for news and commentary next. Uh, My goal as a teacher is is to impart knowledge and then be able for them to take it and turn it into wisdom. As we teach, I think, okay, five years down the road, how will the material that I am teaching them really affect their lives and their careers? Hi, Todd Starnes here. Truett offers biblically-centered degree programs. Check out truett.edu slash Starnes. Americans are fed up with soft-on-crime district attorneys and elected leaders. In Memphis, Tennessee, a motorist opened fire on two young teenagers who tried to steal his car. A third teen was not injured, but it turned out that kid had a warrant out for his arrest. In Buckhead, Georgia, a wealthy Atlanta suburb, citizens are hoping to secede from the city. Homeowners there, tired of being victims of crime, they want the right to control their own safety. And just look at what happened in Chicago. Mayor Lori Lightfoot became the first mayor in 40 years to lose re-election. Voters finally said, enough is enough. They were tired of policies that favored the criminals instead of the victims. And that's a lesson that lawmakers across the nation need to learn. Either throw the criminals in jail or the voters are going to throw the politicians out of office. Be sure to read my book, Culture Jihad. It's available at ToddSterns.com. The Lord looks down from heaven on all mankind to see if there are any who understand, any who seek God. Psalm 14, 2. American Family Radio. This is Today's Issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. 
Past broadcasts of today's issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of today's issues. Welcome back to today's issues on the American Family Radio Network. Thanks for joining us, Tim, Ed, Chris, and Ray. Well, uh, former President Trump uh, yesterday uh, made a statement. He put out on his Truth Social. You don't even know what I'm going to talk about. I, I don't. I don't know what you're about to say. He said, great poll numbers, talking about for him. Leading Biden, DeSanctus, and all others by a lot. Make America great again. <clears throat> so is that a new nick- nickname for Governor DeSantis he's got? I've never heard that. He called him DeSanctus. He did call him DeSanctimonious one time. I mean, yeah. Is that short for DeSanctimonious? Could be. I don't know. I don't want to DeSanctus. explain Donald Trump's. Right. Right. You heard, have you well, heard that, that? That's shorthand, right? DeSanctimonious is too long. You really can't. When you're making a campaign speech, that's de-sanctimonious. No, de-sanctus. Okay. Yeah. Pretty good. Right. He said earlier, of course, uh, earlier this month, President uh, Trump went after de uh, <laughs> See, he got <laughs> me saying it now. He said the real, the real Ron, talking about Governor DeSantis, is a rhino globalist who, who closed down Florida and even its beaches. Loved the vaccines and wasted big money on testing. How quickly people forget. Why are you laughing, Ray? Look, where'd the vaccines come from? <laughs> Who was president when we started the whole thing about the vaccines, right? I mean, President Trump at one point was saying everybody needs to get the vaccine. And he right? got booed for it. Do you remember <laughs> no, but, but that? He, 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 Operation Warp Speed. No, he spoke in December 2021 and told people, hey, you should get the COVID booster, and they booed. Yeah. Well, anyway, Trump's Trump's full on at war with uh, the governor of Florida. Mm-hmm. I guess he views him as his number one threat in the Republican primary. I, I don't know why he would. Look, di- didn't we play the, the – I wasn't on yesterday, but didn't we play the clip yesterday of, of Governor We, we played the DeSantis. speech. Right, right. We played a speech that Governor DeSantis gave that I heard a couple weeks back in uh, Florida, and we played the whole 30-minute uh, L- Let me make just one simple comment. Look. Vote for whoever you want to vote for. That's right. not what this is about. But I dare anybody listen to that speech Governor DeSantis made and then come away saying he's a rhino globalist, right? That's <laughs> ridiculous. You can't get there. I do not for the life of me. And I understand President Trump has his own way, and it served him well for, on a lot of different things in terms of being, you know, I, I don't know what you call it. Street fighter. Street fighter and, and – uh, blunt and raw in many ways. A New Yorker. <laughs> That's but, true. But calling Covenant the Sanctus, uh, calling him what? <laughs> See, he's got us doing it now. <laughs> call it, call it, calling uh, uh, Governor DeSantis of Florida a rhino globalist <laughs> and, and then just keep calling him names is not serving the former president well at all. I've heard a lot of people tell me that they love President Trump, but he, he, he's losing them or lost them over the way he's, he's just savagely going after uh, an ideological brother <laughs> in Governor DeSantis. Right. And it doesn't make any sense to me uh, either why he's doing this. But anyway, yesterday he did it again. 
but he shortened it now. He's calling him uh, Governor. He, no, he just he didn't even call him Governor anymore. He calls him DeSanctus. <laughs> so you think that helps President Trump? Um, I, I he, he I obviously think, does. I think, with, I think with his hardcore supporters, uh, I think they they love when calls other Donald people Trump. names. Yeah, I think I think that's that's part of his. That is his personality. And that's why a lot of people love him because he is, he's, he's even beyond feisty. I mean, but he's, he's someone who they appreciate the fact that he has taken on all comers and has survived being savaged by the news media for four, five years, really it started when he was running. And then the two years after that, and they love it when he goes after people uh, with whom he disagrees. So I think with his hardcore supporters, uh, they don't mind, but now the the rest of the Republicans and people in the middle, I think he risks losing a lot of those people with this because it was the one thing about him, all the tweets uh, while he was president. It was the one thing that people didn't want. They didn't they didn't want that in our political discourse. So I think to your point, if he would rein some of that back in uh, and, and put and, forth his policies. Listen to yourself, Ed. <laughs> Just listen to yourself. <laughs> well, that's true. That 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 is the leopard can't change his spots. This is for good or bad. That's what Donald Trump is like, and he is combative. And uh, uh, my one other observation about this, then we're going to go to Jan uh, about this, is that <clears throat> let's assume that President Trump wins a Republican primary. And let's assume that the gov- nomination. Yes. Okay. Uh, let, let's assume in the Republican primary, Governor DeSantis is in, Nikki Haley's in, and some others, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Along with President Trump, and Donald Trump wins a Republican primary, uh, you know, with thirty-five percent of the vote or forty, who knows? Uh, and it, it, but he let's just say he wins. Okay. He's going. Seems to me he's going to need a unified, as best he can, Republican Party to support him right that's why we have uh parties to support uh fellow republicans or fellow democrats right whatever the case that's why you have parties and president trump's running on the republican ticket so i would just say it seems to me it would be hard to unify a party when you're getting ready to take on the democrats if you've spent a year calling the man you want to endorse you silly little names and calling him a rhino globalist and stuff like that. You understand what I'm saying? Why would DeSantis want to go, you know what? I'm with you, Trump. You can count on this rhino to <laughs> to, to endorse you and campaign for you and get behind you. You see, you, you see what yeah. I'm saying? That's why I'm saying even if President Trump were to win, the and it would be a tough race if DeSantis gets in, I, I don't know what purpose that serves in the long run. When you well, to, when well you, but maybe – you know, Jenna Ellis has brought Jenna has brought up the very thing in her answer, which is persuasive, I suppose, is that it worked for him in 2016. He said awful things about Ben Carson, Ted Cruz, Marco Our Rubio, Rubio Jeb Bush, right? low energy Jeb, Jeb. Right, right, right. And at least you know, guys. For the most part, they came around later and endorsed him. So maybe yeah, they had maybe, no choice. Yeah, there was no DeSantis. Uh, to challenge uh, 
President Trump at the time. I'm talking about somebody with the popularity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this this reminds me of the potential to be similar. To- it was Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump, <laughs> right? What choice is that for people who are conservative? Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, it reminds me uh, to some to some extent of the 1976 uh, battle for the Republican nomination between Gerald Ford, uh, who had finished Richard Nixon's term after Nixon resigned, uh, and Ronald Reagan, and it was a combative primary season uh ford eventually won the nomination but it was close in terms of delegate numbers and then ronald reagan came and uh stood but it was it was combative between the two because reagan was the new guy on the block very popular in terms of his conservative credentials uh so president trump even with the he would still have to get the number of delegates necessary to claim the nomination if he doesn't, it goes to multiple ballots. It could get, like you said, you've been saying, it could get very nasty, like a bad divorce. And at that point, uh, it, it then it's very difficult to get your opponents on board to support you if you've been nasty. Well, and here's the thing is Governor DeSantis has not responded not once to these attacks by President Trump. You would think President Trump would stop because uh, – here's here's what president trump should say i know this is a dream world he should say you know what um if governor DeSantis wants to run uh good for him and i'm ready i i'm the better man for the job uh proving it once as president and uh i plan to defeat the governor in the primaries and i'll fight for every vote and other other comers who want to challenge me and I, i'm i'm all for it may the best man win next up next question yeah like, how hard is that yeah Instead of saying he's a grano globalist because there's a picture of him with but, Jeb Bush. But like he said to me, are you listening to yourself? I know. <laughs> it's well, not his, you, it's you, not you, his way. You got to admit. <laughs> no, you don't have to admit. But if Governor Santos came out today, Ray, and said, you know what? I'm tired of it. <laughs> and I'm not going to take any more of these attacks by Fat Donnie. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. You mean got right that da- right down there on the street level, uh, just like the slug like, it out, like Trump. Yeah, right. Would that better? Would that be a good thing for the Republican Party? Ed? No, no. Huh? Uh, I don't think it would be a good thing. But I'll tell you what: watching those two slug it out for for nine months or whatever it would be, uh, that that's well, that'd I, be a politician, yeah, political junkie's I, I, dream. I, I doubt Governor DeSantis is going to take the bait on. He may lose to Trump in a primary. I don't know. Could happen, yeah. But 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 I'm just saying I don't think he's the type of person that's going to get down in the mud with him. Mm, right. Um. And uh, so we'll see what happens there. But Trump just keeps coming almost weekly with these with these names he's got for Governor Ron DeSantis. He hasn't gone after the others yet. That, right. That, yeah. I think he. I think that's a sign that he views Governor DeSantis as a potential real challenger. So, gotta gotta attack him with some names mm-hmm. right now. All right, you're listening to today's issues. Jan Markell joins us now from the great state of Minnesota. Um, good morning, Jan. Oh, hello, Tim. I, I was very entertained by your conversation there, it's, and very very true. Everything you said, very true. Well, thank you, and I think I think a fair observation. I, I love we all love the. I guess all of us here love uh, 
most of the policies that President Trump instituted and cheered for him and thought he was treated unfairly. Uh, But that doesn't make it right. That's right. For him to start going after the most popular conservative governor in America. Calling well, him a calling globalist him rhino. A anyway, go ahead. Globalist rhino. I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed that he would uh, resort, resort to that because it's so untrue. It's, right, it's obviously right. so untrue. Right. When, when, when you call somebody a rhino, let, let's at least be specific about it because that's a serious yeah. accusation. What you're saying is you're a, you're a secret agent of the left. Yeah, that's it's, right. It's Republican that's right. in name only is what that's rhino right. means. You're not, you're not a true Republican. Right, that's what that's he's right. Calling. And a globalist? Uh, and, yeah. I don't see uh, Mitt Romney doing what uh, Governor Ron DeSantis has done in Florida. Uh, it's right. just, it's just a, a, again, I keep saying I hope President Trump will stop, but then he doesn't. So, <laughs> we, huh? Then he doesn't. <laughs> you said the leopard doesn't change his spots. Is that yeah, what that's what the Bible yeah. says. So I was yeah. quoting the Bible. All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We, we're going to talk. Jan, uh, you had a very interesting program last weekend. Talk, tell us about it. Well, I had uh, uh, our fav- one of our favorite guests, and I think you would agree, at Twyla Brace, uh, and she headquarters in Minneapolis-St. Mm-hmm. Paul area, as do I. She's a dear friend and runs the Citizens Council for Health Freedom. But we kind of gave a COVID update for an hour um, over the past weekend, and uh, we tried to help people understand even what long COVID is, because some people, once they got sick with the illness, Kind of dragged on at least some of the symptoms for a year and even two years, and they didn't even know what was going on. We tried to help explain that. We also got into digital IDs because digital IDs are on the horizon, um, and that's maybe a little bit too much to go into right right now and right now and at this time. But folks can access the program on my website, olivetreeviews.org, to understand what digital IDs are all about and why they're going to be billed as the greatest thing on earth, but why they're just another um, tool to take away our freedoms. Uh, so we talked about a lot of those things and, and some of the vaccine damage, and I played some clips. Even a representative, Nancy Mace, I believe South Carolina, uh, who was terribly injured by the vaccine. So we, we, we went into that uh, for about 20 minutes as well um, and had some real good response, yeah. Right. So, Jan... Jump back in to the question of the digital ID. I know you said you don't want to go too deep into it, but just for our listeners, what do we even? What does that even mean? What is a digital ID? Well, everything of our identity, from driver's license, uh, which um, could be relatively harmless, but everything about us will become digital. And obviously, that's an open door for 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 uh, all kinds of skullduggery to happen, loss of privacy, invasion of privacy. Um, nothing, everything will be an open book because everything that we do, I'll stop short of saying everything we think, but everything we do, everywhere we go, everything we probably spend money on, um, it's, it's all going to be traceable and trackable, and it'll go hand-in-hand hand with central bank digital currency, the coming um the coming cashless society, which, quite frankly, the Bible talks about. Revelation has got lots of references to a cashless society. So digital IDs and the cashless society are on the horizon. Is that a week, a month, a year, a decade? I'm not sure we know, but it is on the horizon. I, I would say certainly in the next one to three years. Ed? 
Well, I mean, uh, Jan, even if you set aside the uh, the biblical implications of this, mm-hmm. uh, even if you set aside what I think this is all about in terms of our government, which is at least on the part of the secularists and the quote-unquote progressives, which is to control everyone in the country, I just can't believe that a digital ID would work because I have all kinds of problems, you know, with this app or that thing not working right, and you go to the bank and, oh, well, we don't have that. The ATM is down. <laughs> I, I, it's, it's, to me, just a, a bad idea in terms of efficiency, and I don't see why they think it's an improvement on the way we do things now, which adds to my uh, – feelings that there are sinister motives uh, of them wanting to control people. And I want to, you know, I want to know when you buy a pillow from, you know, the government saying, I want to know when you buy a pillow from a uh, garage sale. I mean, that's the kind of control they want. Mm -hmm. Exactly. No, uh, you've, you've outlined it perfectly. This is, this is all about control. And I, and I think, and I think point B in my discussion with Twyla Brace of the past weekend, um, is that even COVID was was all about control. I mean, we have leaders, not just in America, Canada, many parts of Europe, I mean, they live to control, which is a foreshadow of what the Antichrist is going to want to do once he gets in power. And it's sort of like these leftist power-hungry leaders, whatever country they're in, and right now they're almost everywhere. Um, it's, it's like they're sort of paving the way for the anti I don't know that they know that. I doubt that they do, because they don't know the Bible. Uh, maybe they think they're paving the way for some future global leader. I, I, don't, I don't know what's in their minds, but my goodness, um, the, it, the, 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 the future is all outlined for us in the Bible. It's, it's, if, we're, if we're heaven-bound, the future is glorious. If anybody's going to be left behind, the future is not so hot for them. I have a question here, Jan. Uh, this, I, yeah. I might look like I could be their grandfather, but I am a millennial. Okay. Oh, I've, I've had okay. gray hair for you. Actually, like Father Time. Long time. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, so yeah, so people of my generation and Gen Z, um, you know, we uh, we love convenience and ease and you know, yeah, smartphones, yeah. and and now we can pay for a cup of coffee with our phone or you know, all kinds of things. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, young people as a whole. Uh, don't know diddly squat about prophecy in the book of Revelation. I don't think um, they know what diddly squat means, honestly. Well, but, that too. Huh? Uh, is this is this concern about the direction we're moving in something churches should make time to share with uh, young believers and, and people in their congregation, maybe even in small groups? Well, I'm, I'm really glad you even raised that. And, and I actually have occasionally on today's issues with the, the guys, and, and that is the fact that the church has, I would say, pretty much corporately, there are some exceptions, obviously, but it's pretty much dropped some of the issues that we're talking about right now. They've dropped a lot of issues, to be honest. I mean, they've even dropped some election issues because, uh, you know, they feel that that'll be controversial. And I think that's the key word is the pulpit today doesn't want to be controversial and doesn't want to take a stand, with with some obvious exceptions. Uh, we all know Robert Jeffress is going to take a stand. If he's taken off to prison to be beheaded, he'll take a stand. But there are many that don't want to do that um, because, I don't know, they fear they're, they're going to pay a price of some kind for taking a stand. So 
So my plea to any church leader or pastor listening right now would be please um, talk about the things to come that the Bible outlines. And yes, there are many interpretations, and I think that's one reason they stay away. There are many interpretations, but do a study and come up with what you feel is the right interpretation and talk about what the Bible says is coming. And I think the most important thing, gentlemen, is talk about the way by which we can stay out of some of the hell that's to come on earth, uh, avoid the tribulation, etc., and that's become a uh, a believer, a Christian, because that, if that is the case, then we will be, be departing in the rapture of the church, which avoids some of the horror that the Bible outlines is to come. Uh, but yeah, please equip the saints and please equip the young people, whether they want to hear it or not, talk about it. So I'm glad you raised that. I think it's crucially important. Talking to Jan Markell. Jan's a host of Understanding of the Times. That's a radio show heard weekends on American Family Radio. 1 o'clock Central Time on Saturdays and noon Central Time on Sundays. Understanding the Times with host Jan Markell right here on American Family Radio. And uh, uh, we have Jan's Jan's show is available at her website, Olive Tree Ministries. Olive Tree Views, V-I-E-W-S, olivetreeviews.org. And we have it podcast on our own. Uh, We'll check that out, Brent, Uh, make sure that's true. All right, Jan. Thanks so much for being on with us. We we wish you, you. We, we wish you springtime and warmth. Yep. Well, it's coming, and we're just thrilled. So thank you. Amen. Thank you. Thank All you, right. Jan. Goodbye. Jan lives in Minnesota, and she appreciates my warm wishes <laughs> from the sunny south. Because we always we always tease her about yeah about the yeah. cold it's, weather. Up we're kind of relentless on that. Never let her, you know. Yeah. Never let her forget where she lives. <laughs> Minnesota's beautiful, just usually not yeah. December through. Usually for one month of the year, right? <laughs> I don't remember <laughs> if it was Jan that said this, but somebody somebody said Minnesota has two seasons, winter and August. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, one, of the, uh, one of the prettiest uh, days I ever spent was, uh, in terms of nature, was uh, a boat ride on the St. Croix River in September. Saint is that Cor- is that up in Minnesota? Yeah, it uh, divides Wisconsin from Minnesota. I believe. Oh, all right. Yeah, and so, do you eat some cheese for the Wisconsin side, or uh, that's a uh, that's an ethnic stereotype? <laughs> Have you ever by state state stereotype? We, uh, I don't know when you're going to get woke. Wisconsin and cheese? Yeah, that's a stereotype. I mean, come on, right in. I well, mean, they, uh, they cheese actually, heads, That's right? a stereotype they embrace. You sir <laughs> are canceled. So, are you, are you saying that a Philly cheesesteak sandwich is a stereotype of Philadelphia? Uh, they, yeah. Well, you know, you, you you don't ever know where to stop with these woke people, right? <laughs> Have uh, you guys ever uh, – I've spent a good uh, bit of time in Wisconsin. My mom grew up uh, on the Illinois-Wisconsin line. Um, and uh, have you ever, by chance, been to a fish boil in Wisconsin? A fish boil? Fish a fish boil. boil in Wisconsin. If you're from the Illinois-Wisconsin area and you know what I'm talking about, let us know. Uh, it's popular Wait, in places like Door County, Wisconsin. Now, that's disgusting. We, most everybody's heard of a fish fry. Yeah, fish boil. What oh, is yeah. – okay. What they is boil a fish, fish. Boil. It's very buttery. Butter. But, but you, you, what do you do? Oh, boil no, it, wait a second. Is this kind of like a like a, a shrimp boil, where you put a you know corn on the cob and potatoes and all that with it? Well, yeah, good. they. I that's mean, they giant cauldron of fish and they boil it, and you in just what, right. boil, fish? And boil yeah. it in what water or oil or or. What? I'm not sure. I'll um, 
there's there's different recipes for it. I'll share a link on our Facebook page, but I promise fish boil Why? is not fake news. Why? But it just sounds like to me that you would <laughs> drop the fish. <laughs> Why are you going to share a link? It's going to be because on the promo. We're, we're, we're right. all going to be asked about this in our with our personal uh, data cards from the government. <laughs> that's exactly Door right. County, that's right. Wisconsin. Uh, beautiful up there. If you've never been, look into been it. Uh, Apple it Country. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the uh, it just seems like to me if you dropped a fish in, in boiling water, it would I just fall apart. Fa- fall apart. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. So maybe it's oil, hot oil. I will sort. say as a I southern boy, right. I enjoy frying it. Oh, yeah, deep fried. Dip it, dip it in batter. No. Come yep. on, yeah, and yeah. Fry, fry that's that's fry that. I'm, I think that's As the way God, God intended. Hey, exactly fish, right. there is a lot of frying fish, fish going on in the Bible. So, <laughs> no, yes. Southerners deep fry everything. We that's do. Right. That's right. Well, <laughs> Iowa though, they deep fry like Snickers and stuff like that during the caucuses. Yeah. Oh yeah. The, the Iowa uh, State Fair is famous. I've for heard it. of that. I've, I've never had. You had one? No. Fried. I would like fry? to. Anytime you guys want to send me or Steve or somebody, we'll tag team it. We'll go to Iowa and cover the caucuses and eat all I the think food. You and could deep the fry a, a tennis shoe and put some. Salt and ketchup on it, it'd probably, yeah, one of those probably be, sneakers made probably, in China. Probably all right. Probably Chinese good. sweatshop. Dip it in chocolate, you know. It's plant-based. <laughs> well, what is it they they had? I saw a special on the Iowa State Fair one time, and they had a chocolate-covered bacon was a delicacy. Hey, I, I've not heard that. of that. That's good. But that's good. That sounds amazing. It is amazing. <laughs> chocolate and bacon? The two most basic food collide? groups in the world. They collide. The, those worlds collide. <laughs> that, it's gorgeous. May that person have many rewards and glory. Chocolate covered bacon. Yeah, I'm yeah. Loving. It was. It was. A, it was a, 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 at the Iowa State Fair. All right, we're going to take wow. Iowa. Sounds like a great place. Then, <laughs> time for a fish boil. <laughs> fish boil. You got to look oh. that up and tell us about that. That, that it sounds like. Uh, you know, oh, I've been to one. I, I you know, we heard of real. fake news. That's not like fake cooking. <laughs> Fish boil. Been to one. Fake cooking. But let's, right. po- let's post the link to it. <laughs> That's right. We'll be back in five minutes. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.